Yeah, actually, it really should be. Yes. Okay, let me do that. Let me do it more time. Sorry, let me do it more time. It's funny. I'm I'm correcting it on my copy, like you can see that. (laughs) Thanks for that immediate edit. (laughs) Okay, and three, two, and one. drink and i know things that's what i do it doesn't matter what time it is when you're checking this out because it's officially happy hour welcome to drunk on dragons i'm jamie g rider on the storm and i'm here with the joe blow gang to get you ready for house of the dragon the game of thrones spinoff debuting sunday august 21st on you guessed it hbo joe blow football gang how we doing? What are we drinking? Um, not in mansions, and I'm living in an air-conditioned apartment with very cold Coors Light. You can see the nice cold blue things on the mountain. Not a lot of fire, but it is very refreshing, even if you're on the top of Dragon, because the air is thin when you're up there, man. So I'm Magna Mills, drinking a Coors Light on top of a virtual Dragon. What up? It's Jane Scratch over here. I am uh, I am sipping on uh, a little Akashi. A little Japanese blended whiskey. I've, I've, this has been sitting in my bar for probably five years. I have not uh, had any of it in about five years. I've been drinking other things. So, uh, but it's fucking good. I gotta say, guys, Akashi Japanese blended whiskey. I don't know if it's got bukkake ingredients in that kabashi or whatever the fuck you're talking about there, but uh, you know, it's, it sounds like a winner, man. It sounds like a winner. Um, I went with a little Wicked Weed Coastal Love, man, and I'm pretty sure there's a couple dragons flying around here on the top of the can there. You guys probably won't be able to see that, but if you ever go ahead and get some Coastal Love, it's decent ocean scene on the can and everything else. But yeah, I'm sure at least there's two dragons probably flying around right there, so something for everybody to look for when you're you're drinking some Coastal Love, man. Shout out to everyone with their interesting drinks. I am... Doing a little bit of vodka and water tonight with a squirt of lemon juice. Why? Because I just felt like I needed to uh, uh, just do a little clear. Keep it clear tonight. We're getting drunk on dragons. Couldn't be more excited to be here. And please be aware that Drunk on Dragons is a full spoiler show. This is the deal. We will be discussing and spoiling every single episode of House of Dragons Game of Thrones, and Arthur George R.R. Martin's original works. This is your first and final warning. Well said, brother. This is Drunk on Dragons. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the good ones wherever you get your pods. Find our YouTube channel at JoeBlowFootballShow.com. If you could, please like, subscribe, all that good stuff. We're on social media at Drunk on Dragons. And hey, if you got something to say, drop it in the comments. Part of the fun of Game of Thrones was all the speculation, all the whatnot, we're there for that. Hopefully this show has the equivalent of a bronze. There's no kill for being a c- And that brings us right into Game of Thrones. And so before we get to the bronze of it all, let's just get into how you got into Game of Thrones. Like, were you in day one, whatever? Did someone get you in? Did you come late to the game? I got in season two, very beginning, caught up at the very end. I started reading the first book and I was like, oh, I got to see this shit. 
And uh, I think I finished the finale of season one about, I don't know, a half hour before the season two premiere started. So that's where I was. Uh, where'd y'all get your start watching Thrones? Oh man, this is one of the, this is one of the shows that I actually started watching when it came out. Like I remember watching the first one and now I didn't stick to it through the entire span of the series. You know, some of them I had to play catch up on later on and everything else, but, uh, but it did start at the beginning with it because it was like pretty hyped up. It was supposed to be a big thing. It was like the you know HBO's next big show. You know, and there was no more you know Sopranos and they didn't have anything huge like that going on. So the, there was a lot of hype around it. So I did jump right on board um, right away. And it was I mean it was it was a good one to get into. It seems like so long ago, dude. I mean it's like at least ten years ago now, twelve years ago, something like that. It's crazy, man. Yeah, I was right there with you, man. This was one I remember watching the the trailer for this while I was wrapping up binge watching True Blood. And I remember seeing the trailer for this and I was like, whoa, what the hell is that? That looks crazy. And then I started researching it, realized it was based on the books, talked to some friends who had read the books. They were like OG folks. I had one or two of those in my life. And I remember watching the debut, same thing as 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 Soup, Soup Deuce. I was just dying to find the next big thing on HBO after kind of that spoiled run of like, you know, Sopranos, Six Feet Under, Sex in the City, all, all these big hits that, that HBO had done over the years. Boardwalk Empire, you know, go on and on. It was nice to finally get this one. I remember watching that first episode and being like, yep, I'm hooked. I like this timeline. I like this this universe. I want to be part of it. And I watched this show all the way through, um, you know, in between seasons. I would re-watch seasons. Uh, so so I was there from ride or die with, with Game of Thrones all the way to the bitter end. If anybody knows me and has been watching this show, they know that I work in the film industry. And I work in the film industry because of HBO and, like, just my love for their programming is incredible from Oz, their first hit show all the way through Boardwalk Empire. Like you were saying, I mean, even now they have some amazing program. Barry is incredible. I went to film school with uh, one of my best friends and we lived together and we watched the first teaser trailer, which was just the throne. And it was like Sean Bean talking like about the game and, da, 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 and it was just a voiceover and the throne and that was it and then we didn't watch anything else until the fucking night of and we turned that shit on and the first scene with the white walkers and the dead bodies all strewn out in a fucking design like that shit hooked us line sinker straight through found out it was a, based on a book decided I wanted to wait till watching the first season like fully through because you always watch the show first or the movie first and then read the books because the books are always better. So you don't want to ruin the show that way. So you always watch the show first. Little little hint, guys. Uh, so uh, I will tell you that the, the fucking first season lined up perfectly with the books. It's incredible. Uh, yeah, that's my Game of Thrones experience. And have you read further than, I guess, uh, have you read all of the Game of Thrones books at this point now? Or have you just read maybe the first No, three? so I'm halfway, I'm halfway through the second book. Okay, through Clash of Kings. I stopped. Yeah, because I was, I was like, you know, the seasons were getting through and I wanted to like watch, just watch the show through and then start the books again. And now that like the show kind of ruined that like I don't want to read the books now especially now that I know like it feels like it's just never gonna finish so I, I don't want to start something that's never gonna finish like uh, 
Nice. Yeah, and I've read all of the Game of Thrones books by the time the first episode of Dragon airs. My goal is to have finished House of the Dragon, or excuse me, to have finished uh, Fire and Blood. I'm like halfway through that. At your absolute peak, like how big of a Game of Thrones fan were you? Like, was anybody having like theme parties or dressing up like characters? It was the only show I remember since Sopranos that I did actively like try to watch with other people. That was pretty much it. Nothing too crazy. If you like more or less go to someone's crib and watch it. But I did do that. Like, at your peak, like, how into Thrones were you? For me, I definitely went to friends' house to watch. I've watched it with friends. I also did, like, if I'm doing this to something, it means I love it. I watched it in silence, in the dark, super laser-focused. You know, so I had the experience of both ways. But what I really enjoyed, and you hinted at this, you know, kind of projecting and and trying to do some theories here of what's going to happen was so much fun. And that's what I enjoyed the most with my friends that were into this is getting together, having Game of Thrones discussions, you know, a couple of drinky poos and just talking about the universe and and what we think is going to happen, rehashing things. That was so much fun, almost at times more fun than the actual show itself. Um, and that's that's also why it's so hard to kind of end a show like that because there's so much possibilities and speculation. That's a credit to how great the show was throughout. But um, I, I really enjoyed that part of it almost almost at times more than the actual show. I'm there with you on that one, man. We uh, I used to definitely like in the later seasons there was a group of people that would always be watching Game of Thrones and we'd talk about it during the week and everything else. And then uh, occasionally we would get together for the episode, you know, which is, which is cool. It's hard to find a show that you can do that with. And that was definitely one of them because you could definitely have your predictions and your, you know, discussion of what happened and basically the same thing, everything you just said, man. But uh, that was more of a later seasons kind of thing for me. And when it first started, I did uh, I did have a roommate uh, that I was living with back then. And we used to uh, we when when schedule a coordinator or whatever, we would watch some of those together as well. But it's definitely a, a show like that where you can watch it with people and talk about it as long as you're not talking during the show, you know. I'm not going to say that I like got into the whole LARPing thing or anything like that. Um, but I will say that uh, we did have some, some Game of Thrones viewing parties. Lost was my show that we had some viewing parties. I had one friend that I used to watch Lost with all the time. Um, Lost in 24 was also one of those experience type shows. So yeah, so we did that. Uh, but I will say I did, I did get uh, the old lady a, uh, a Game of Thrones cooking book, dudes. It's really awesome, actually. It's got, like, it's broken down between, like, the different regions, right? So it's, like, Westeros, Eastros, the Dorn, all of that. And then it's, like, broken down from, like, breakfast to dinner. And if you know anything about Game of Thrones, fucking George R. R. Martin loves talking about goddamn meals and breakfast. So there's, like, three breakfasts a day. So there's a bunch of cool shit on there. So I'm a shout out. I can't, I, I can't really, uh, we're not sponsored by them, but this Game of Thrones cookbook, go out and get it, man. Go out and get it. It's really fun. Got some really great recipes. Like you can get, you can make a bowl of brown, man, with, with pigeon if you want. If you can go out and catch a pigeon, you can make a bowl of brown. Yeah, you've been eating pigeon all day and loving it. You all ate pigeon. What? what? You can make one of the wolf breads, right? You can make the wolf bread. Like that's you can make a wolf wolf bread. How about the wolf wolf bread? bread. And uh, like you know, that was again a supporting character. But let's just real quick go around and talk about our just kind of favorite Game of Thrones characters before we move on here. Just a little bit of reflection. Just give me a couple like main characters and uh, side characters. Like for me, I have a pretty clear top three of the main characters. You got Tyrion. You got Jaime. You got Arya. 
And then my side characters, I like the Hound, I like the Braun, and I like the Tormund Giants Bane. Uh, anybody got any kind of just jump off the page favorite characters from Game of Thrones? Yeah, I think Littlefinger. I think Littlefinger got did a little dirty, and I think a lot of people thought that Littlefinger could win could win the Iron Throne. Um, I didn't see him doing that, but I just didn't see him dying the way he did. So it was cool that they surprised us like that, um, that the family kind of came together and like worked it out, and Sansa kind of learned her lesson. Um, but I think Littlefinger is a fucking he. Like his whole chaos is a ladder fucking quote is one of the best. So that being said, also who he's talking to when he says chaos is a ladder is the spider. Uh, Varys is fucking a, a crazy character. Um, the the whispers. We just gotta dude. Shout out to Brienne, dude. Brienne of Tarth. You gotta give her some cred, man. She made it like like season two when she's introduced. You don't really think much of it, but she becomes a character that you just kind of you really want to root for. So, one that really jumps out to me, man, that I've got to give my love to is Davos Seaworth. Davos is my dude. Uh, really enjoyed him, and I I, I liked. The development of what they did with this character he could have kind of been a nobody in this show but he was so good and it worked so good he essentially became a big time player in the show so shout out davos that's my guy uh awesome dude right on well um you know top characters uh it, it's kind of hard to pick because there are there is a good handful you know i mean nobody mentioned freaking uh john snow even you know i mean a lot of people hate on Jon Snow, but I think he was, I think that was a major, obviously a major fucking character, you know, Daenerys, major fucking character, dude, probably my favorite, you know, and I think that's a lot of people's favorite, even the way shit went down towards the end. Arya, definitely, definitely big time, one of my favorites, if not the absolute favorite. But uh, as far as side characters go, there was the, uh, the, guy, the guy there, the Sir, what's his fucking name? Oh, Sir Jorah. Yes. Sir Mormont. Yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, that you know, he had a lot of little side stories with the with the weird disease and shit and everything else. But he always came through for you know. So I mean, that was a pretty important character too. Um, you know, the Hound was a great character. And you, can't, you don't have to list them all there. Right? <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. the, so, the point, though. Right? I'm trying to pick ones that you guys haven't yet. You know, so. yeah, it, it, that's the idea, though. The show really had a deep bench. I think one of the most interesting things they did was the way they paired off characters so just give me your favorite dynamic duo and tell me why it wasn't either the hound and aria or Bronn and Tyrion. because i think those were always whenever you had those on screen they all worked but you can put jamie and brianne on there too so there's three that was gonna be mine yeah uh any you know expand on that or any others uh you know who i was just gonna talk say like they're the dynamic of them i feel like was like the best story like despite the end and how the end turned out like Masendi and the worm Masendi's ending was just like it was fucking beautiful like beautiful disaster you know what i mean like bittersweet um i thought that was a really great dynamic yeah, there's there's so many of like like just characters that were really well together. Yo, you know who else is a, a really good character that doesn't get fucking love, dude? Uh Marjorie or whatever her name is, the fucking Marjorie sister, Tyrell. Dude, she, yeah. Dude, she and she knew what was coming, dude. Even at the end, she knew what was coming and she was trying to get the fuck out of there. Like 
she was the only one that was like, nah, man, this bitch Cersei, like, you got, we got to get the fuck out. Like, and the whole thing blows up. Like, she had, she knew what was up, dude. She could have been, and she could have been a dope queen. Let's just be real about it. Oh, yeah. And think about that. That's that opening to the Winds of Winter. And that, where that set blows up, that's definitely way up there in like favorite moments for me. And that's one thing this show did well is they had some crazy moments. One I hadn't even thought about in forever. Is it hard home when Jon Snow goes up north that tries to recruit everybody and everyone kind of like is dead and they're getting away. They think they're getting away with it. And the Night King just raises his hands and all the dead people get up and Jon just like finally realizes what they're really dealing like. Oh, fuck. Like all the people they just killed are now fighting against us. And that was, I hadn't thought about that in forever because there's so many big moments here. Uh, what's your just kind of like stand out if you're trying to pitch someone why you should watch Game of Thrones? What's like the one kind of moment you would point them at? Man, I, I've got to go right to the Battle of the Bastards. That was a, an incredible moment for me as John's kind of sitting there with his, I mean, just facing the, 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 <laughs> just no way out of that kind of situation. I mean, I thought that scene was shot so well. It was beyond epic. Battle of the Bastards will always be way up there, super high for me on scenes from Game of Thrones. Yeah, I'd have to totally agree with that, man. I'll put another one up there, and that's when uh, when the Night King has the fucking dragon, and he fucking fucks up the wall, like tears down the wall and shit. I think that was pretty, uh, pretty intense right there, too. You know, that's just impending doom, you know? Well, he had that dragon. No one knew exactly what he was going to do with it, and that was... Uh... Pretty fucking crazy. You got to shout out the uh, the mountain birds, the viper. That fight was just so fucking fantastic. In that first season of Game of Thrones, again, this is all spoilers. Ned Stark loses his head when he does. Like, you just, the main star. He was the top build star in this, and they chopped his fucking head off. And it's one of the best endings of any pilot ever when Bran Stark gets pushed out that fucking window. After watching, like, this, you know, two, like, brother and sister have sex and get pushed out the window. Think of that about that on paper. Like, incest happens, little kid sees it and gets pushed out the window, presumably towards his death. End episode. That's I got to know the thought process here with J- with Jamie and shit. And he's like, you know, they're in, they, they came to, uh, they, they came to, uh, Winterfell to, you know, business or whatever, whatever fuck reason. They all showed up there. So they're in, like, another town and everything else, man, doing what they're doing. And all of a sudden he's like, you know what, man? Let's go up in that tower and fuck. You know, I mean, like, what? How did that get even get brought up? Well, actually, but, it's, hey, in the, it's explained in the books. It's like the okay. section that they're going to fix. This is when they're pulling directly, like Jay said before, almost from the book title to Game of Thrones. So that's all explained there. And right before we move on to House of the Dragon, oh, wait, wait, you haven't gotten mine yet. Hold on a second. I just want to give you my scene, dude. Fucking. Spoils of War, the loot train attack, dude, is one of the greatest filming accomplishments of all time. They lit fucking 25 people on fire, like fucking Guinness Book World Records type shit. They, dude, the way they describe this is like the way they wanted to film this was you take medieval times and you allow a fucking jet, fucking, uh, fucking jet to come through and just nuke the fucking train and that's basically what they did with this dragon i mean he came through and he destroyed the fucking lannisters man it absolutely incredible scene i will say at the end when fucking Bronn fucking saves jamie dives into the water and it's like a million fucking meters deep 
that's fucking a million and a half feet deep for us, us fucking in the Empire system. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is when we come back and Broad and Jamie just like kind of swim up to the shore, like nothing happened, lame as fuck. But that episode, the way that episode ended, unbelievable, dudes. Definitely one of the highlights there of season seven. And one of the, again, I thought the name always heard it like the loop train attack was just not cool. It didn't have a hook like the Battle of the Bastards. I think, really, other, like you said, it's a little bit of a cop out at the end by keeping the characters alive. But again, it was like at that point, Braun had that, like, if you kill Braun, we riot kind of energy. So I get it. It just, if they had a better name for it, I feel like it would have been bigger. Like Battle of the Bastards that just rolls off the Battle of Blackwater. They needed another B and a B or something, I think. Like complete the trilogy or something like that. That would have been cool. That brings us to right before we get to House of the Dragon. It very controversially, Game of Thrones ended. They haven't done anything since. Just how did you feel kind of about the finale? And then how did it impact how you felt about Game of Thrones overall? Man, it was one of those things where I didn't like it. I was disappointed. And it wasn't even the ending. It was like, the back half of that season, I just I kept making excuses for it. Well, yeah, there was a Starbucks cup on the can on the you know, but that's okay. They've been working really hard. Yeah, there was a water bottle, but I, should I ever have to make an excuse for a show of this size to have a fucking Starbucks cup? I, th- All right. Well, I'll go ahead and tell you, man, right now that I didn't hate the uh, the way that la- the the way the show wrapped up as much as everybody else did. I think it was built up and the bar was set so fucking high that no matter what they did would have disappointed some people. And that's the case with a lot of great shows when they end. And that's fine as part of it with game of Thrones and the way they did it. I think my only real beef would be, yeah, there were the little slip ups and shit here and there. It's maybe lack of uh, caring or they're burned out or whatever. Either way, it's inexcusable when it comes to a show on that caliber. But the biggest thing for me was how it just felt fucking rushed as shit, you know, like, that whole last season was just like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, let's get it over with, you know? And that's kind of the vibe that carried through the whole last couple of episodes there, you know? So uh, so that would be my biggest issue with that. I think there's a lot of fucking shit on the bone there, a lot of meat on the bone that they could have fucking nibbled on there, man, and made use of. But again, I, I, like, I don't hate the way it wrapped up. I think they summed up what they needed to sum up. And if you pay attention and get it, the basic fucking the basic story is out there. Yeah, it definitely felt very rushed and uh, a little slack, you know, given the uh, billion dollar budget or whatever they have. Now, yeah, they were all over the place with the uh, with using, you know, big things like that. But uh, I think they could have done more as far as, uh, you know, maybe a couple more episodes or something or, or stretch it out somehow, you know. Yeah, really, it's could have been 10 seasons. Let's be fucking honest about it. It could have been 10 seasons. The last two seasons could have been building to us hating Daenerys or building to Daenerys becoming evil. Like we always do. I don't know about you guys, but I always you know I mean she fucking she burnt she killed people. She killed a lot of people. Like she was doing shit that was bad like throughout. Like there's no there was no like for her to get power, she always had to end somebody else's fucking reign. You know what I mean? And that continued through. I mean she fucking burnt that dude alive that took her dragon from her. I mean, granted, some of these people deserved it. I'm not going to say that they didn't, but, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, we know that Game of Thrones, there's no good and evil. There's just, like, layers of 
good, you know, like there's like some people that are good, but they still have some fucking evil. Like really the good never survives. So regardless, I think they fucking rushed it. I feel like, like you said, like that's the thing is it could have been 10 seasons. I think what happened was they wanted to, they, they ran out of source material and they didn't expect to because George R. R. Martin took fucking only like, like, a fucking year to do one book and then all of a sudden it started taking him two three five like he hasn't made he hasn't finished one book it's been over a decade since his last book fucking came out like let's be real here i feel like they probably expected him to come out with at least wins of winter and then have a good fucking plan going into uh, a fucking song of spring or whatever it was you know what i mean like so um i, I just feel like they're like they got fucked a little bit and then they got tired. It's a really tough show to film. It's really hard to accomplishment that accomplish that every fucking year, year after year, going to fucking four different continents, filming. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot to it. So some of the mistakes I can I can excuse. What I can't excuse is like the rushed, like okay, then take two years to film. I'll wait three years for another Game of Thrones fucking to come out. As long as I know it's fucking coming out, like. It just felt rushed. It felt like season one, it took very long to get places. There was a lot more politics. The, the, the length of time it took for people to get places played a factor in politics. And then all of a sudden, it didn't play a factor at all. And all you had fucking Euron Greyjoy sailing from the Iron Islands all the way around to fucking King's Landing through to Dragonstone to fucking kill one of her dragons. And it was like, well, how the fuck did he circumnavigate all of fucking Westeros before she could fucking fly to King's Landing, which is right across the goddamn way. It's impossible. It didn't make any goddamn sense. I'm sorry I don't want to rant. There it is. A lot of that kind of shit that didn't add up, man. And the in the later you know, in the last season or whatever where you have this own world building in seasons one, two, and three. You built this world. Now we fucking know what the world looks like. You release these maps and we fucking know what it looks like. You can't tell me going from Dragonstone to King's Landing on a fucking dragon is gonna take you more time than sailing around the fucking continent. That was one of my favorite things about that show too, when it came on, it was a lot of times there'd be little differences in that in that opening, uh, you know, with the map and shit, you know, and I really liked that a whole lot. Like everything had the whole little like, you know, we'd go around uh, from place to place. The whole shit, opening know? sequence yeah. of the show is it's a fucking, fucking awesome. map. Yeah. And I like maps. Yeah, I can sit and look at a map for hours, man, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. There, there's hours and I'm going to pretty much piggyback on everything y'all said. It definitely felt rushed. The lack of source material was obvious. We kind of knew that a couple seasons before season eight, though. But ignoring their own rules as far as travel, how long things took, all that kind of things, it just made it feel inconsistent. I could see in the books, you, you get dreams of Daenerys and she dreams of fire and burning. Like it makes, I could get it. it you open with Bran's point of view. I could understand why Bran might be the king and Daenerys burns the city. But the way they got there, it's like, you know, all they had was the end point. It's the, the famous meme, right? The underpants gnomes. Like, you have no idea what that last, the, the missing step is, step three. They had the end. They had step four. They had step one, two, and four. But they couldn't come up with step three. That question mark between, you know, getting the underpants and profit. 
they couldn't understand how you turn the underpants into profit, so to speak. And I do have to say that the finale of this was on the night that the 76ers lost the fucking game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals to the fucking Raptors. So, yeah, dude, this was a bad night for me overall, too. Dude, I just want to shout out, Mills, to bringing the fucking underpants gnomes back into relevance and relay it, and relating it to Game of Thrones in like the best, most logical way possible. So shout out, shout out to you. I guess I just have underpants on the brain, or that I'd have too much caffeine. Right? Was that Pip? Like his dad was the coffee dude, right? And that's why he was like up late to see them because he drank coffee. Like every time he was in trouble, his dad was like, "Oh, here, Pip, have some coffee." It's fucking South Step Park. They better um, underpants. <laughs> can't beat the underpants, though, man, dude. I'm definitely like. You know, because I work, I yeah, during an entrepreneurship, and like you kind of have to, you learn how to pitch people, or, or you know, break down fucking pitches, and at some point they all feel a bit like that, like oh, we have this idea thing, and eventually it'll be profit. I'm like, okay, so Uber, JBG, thoughts on how Thrones ended for you, brother? I did not like it. Um, again, there was a lot of stuff that kind of it was a cumulative effect for me as the season wore on, where I was kind of making excuses for certain things with the show because of how much I loved it leading up to this last season. After thinking about it for a long time, I still don't love it, but I understand it. I get that that's what the ending was. I hate how they got there, but I do think it set them up really nice to be able to do, uh, you know, basically anything in terms of spinoffs prequels sequels um you know in in utilizing all the different kind of directions that that our main characters went I, i've learned to accept it i still don't love it for i all agree with everything you guys said about it being rushed well and so connecting a little juice there like you were saying like could do some spin-offs how do you feel about this john snow spin-off that might happen i I honestly just leave the fucking story. Like, I, in my opinion, I don't want any spin. The only spinoff I would want is Arya because I want more fucking faceless. I want more of the faceless, and I want her like that's the only spinoff that needs to happen. I, I I would be interested in it, man, just because I love the world north of the wall and and Jon Snow kind of emerging as the king of the north and what else may lie uh to the north that we don't know about i i think they could do something cool with that and how cool would it be if in some weird way aria's journey west uh you know took her all the way around back up north and they link up so i would be there for it but but i i don't i think you gotta walk the tightrope real smooth here because don't sully what was an incredible character an incredible storyline of Jon Snow. If you're going to do it, it, it it's got to be better. And I think, you know, the stakes are going to be super high and scrutiny is going to be way, way up. I feel like the, a better spinoff, and it wouldn't be a spinoff, it would be kind of like fucking what we're going to see now with like a thousand years in the past, but something where it's like you follow like one of the Greyjoys that has sailed around the entire map of the like and has experienced like fucking aurora shire or whatever the fuck it is the uh east of easteros like all that shit like gone to it because there's if you read in the books there's some really deep dark places with some really crazy characters and crazy like beings like there's like lizard people and all kinds of shit dude i'm i would be about that. i'm Guarantee you, if you told me there was like a kind of office style sitcom that starred Braun and Tyrion trying to run the fucking kings, like just to run fucking the kingdom, yeah, you'd watch that. 
every fucking day of the week you would watch that, especially on HBO. You're like, right. especially if like 100%. they do it like kind of like you talk You're about right. all these other characters, but you never see them. Like they talk about Brand, but you never fucking see them. They talk about Jon Snow, you never see like it's just you know Tyrion and Bronn, and then occasionally like Podrick Payne or like that kind of level. And then like lame office characters, yeah, like some random no name character. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, y'all would watch that, and it would be fucking great, and it would be cheap to film. The biggest expense would be obviously fucking Peter Dinklage, but uh... that's huge. That's actually, dude, don't steal our ideas, HBO. Just fucking pay us. We will fucking. From what I understand, reasons. the success of what we're going to talk about right now, House of the Dragon, is what's going to determine what kind of spinoffs they do and everything. And yeah, sensibly, we're here to talk about House of the Dragon, but I think a lot of how you're going to react to House of the Dragon depends on how you feel about how Thrones worked for you and how it finished and everything. Important to talk about that. We've all seen the trailer. Does anybody have any thoughts on the trailer besides, yay, dragons, and be like, man, all these people in these wigs look a lot alike? I mean, I got to say, dude, I, I thought I had all the ingredients of what made Game of Thrones awesome at its peak. I mean, I saw family riffs. I saw backstabbing. I saw, you know, just plotting and scheming at the highest levels they did look alike but i thought it was really smart that they put in um uh what i think is going to be a pretty prominent character i mean who knows that could go away a couple episodes in but it looks like it um with the african-american guy with the white dreads because here you're looking at uh you know having some some color when everyone is just completely white so i thought that was kind of a smart move on their part and i think he's like the sea sea snake or something so really curious to see how that went but dude i thought i had all the ingredients to be like this looks like this could be a banger like this looks like it could be fantastic i think the ideal thing you want is that early season's thrones right the political intrigue the family machinations the idea of kind of like the high folk kind of mixing with the commoners at the brothels and like the first couple of seasons of game of thrones were like early star wars i felt so lived in and confident and everything like that i really think that's what i want the show to do and that might come down to occasionally having a scene where it's seven minutes of like two people in a room talking or something but for a lot of times that was the best of thrones the the way that they could blend that with crazy action sequences all works what i don't want them to do is come out and just start flexing their budget and be like dragons bitches like maybe one scene of that, but make it a cool flex and then don't do it again. Like we don't need to just have to see dragons flying around to see them flying around or something like that. Unless it's, you know, relevant. And you're trying to intimidate someone or something like that. I, I liked what I saw from the trailer. Mostly again, great scoring. Uh, Ramin Jarati's back to the score for this one. That's always great. Miguel Shapotnik's running this. He directed the In Your Battle of the Bastards. A lot of good episodes. Uh, the trailer definitely got me hyped. It did its job. I thought it was a good trailer. It didn't give away too much. I, again, I'm working my way through Fire and Blood, so I have somewhat of an idea of what's going on here. Uh, not a ton. Uh, Jade Soup, any thoughts on the trailer? Yeah, I mean, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna use dragons a lot. I think that that was a lot of the problem with Game of Thrones, where people were like pissed that they didn't use dragons enough. And I think that this this story has a lot to do with dragons there's fucking supposed to be seven of them they're all supposed to be fighting like this is a fucking this story is about the dance of dragons where there's a civil war between the targaryens and they all fight and like there's a there's a clear ending like we can spoil alert this if we want to but like there's a clear ending of this shit where fucking certain people die certain people are crushed by their dragons certain people fucking 
fall from their dragons from huge heights. Like it's fucking crazy town. So I'm hoping that they do use the dragons in a good way. Like you're saying, I don't, I don't want them to just be flamboyant about it, but like that, this is that story. So let's fucking see them. Let's fucking bring them out. Let's bring the CGI out. Let's be fucking good about it and smart about it. Also, I want this to be like the tutors. Like I want there to be fucking political drama. They're not going to get more into like the lower level, like plebes and like the fucking servants and like they're not going to get into that this is going to be about the royalty and the different royal lives and how they affect each other and i will say they are missing a cross-promotional opportunity if they don't get the wu-tang to redo grapple pit to dragon pit so when you see the dragons pull in that maybe bring Jawadi and Nani together like yeah <laughs> dragon pit i mean that writes itself but soup do you have any thoughts on the trailer brother yeah, I mean, I think that tr the trailer was a banger, dude. It's definitely, uh, it, it gets you hyped up for the show, for sure. What I gather from it mostly is it's going to be, I mean, as you would expect, it's going to be a battle for the throne because the Iron Throne is still there. I do I do think that they're leaning in a little bit too hard about, like, the whole, like, oh, well, you know, uh, a female can never be on the Iron Throne thing. So, like, I feel like they're going to try and punch that ticket a little bit. Um, I do see the inner inner family, like Targaryen inner family uh, civil war thing happening because it was like, how do I choose between the son and the or my brother and my daughter or whatever the fuck it is, you know? So I see that being maybe that maybe that's where the uh, the fight comes in. Um, we'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see what kind of what kind of shit that 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 it plays out. But it but it does look like it's going to be ultra entertaining. It looks like there's going to be a lot of dragon action, a lot of fighting action, a lot of really good intense you know uh dialogue drama too you know like you would expect out of a peak game of thrones season so hopefully it stays right there and everything is just like ultra entertaining all the time and i think it will be there's gonna be a lot of action action i think there'll be a lot of action <laughs> and a little action action a little backdoor action. action a little action action jackson little action, action jackson, action jackson a little flaction jackson waxton <laughs> I mean, that's what they got to do, man. HBO, go, you know, they got to come at Disney Plus, man. Like, you know, Star Wars had the Clone Wars. Game of Thrones going to have the Incest Wars. Why not, man? <laughs> With dragons. You got Incest and Dragons. I'm sure they tested that for the title of the show. Didn't quite work out. In does this really have to be very connected to Game of Thrones to make you happy? If I remember right, I think the show is taking place about uh, more like 200, 250 years before the uh, the events we see in game of thrones so it's not quite set back as far as a thousand years but definitely so far back that we're no one in game of thrones is alive yet currently that we know of short of maybe like the night kings out there way 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 in like the, the great unknown or whatever so do you really need to like hear like oh this is ned stark's grandpa or anything like that or can it just stand on its own for the most part i think little i think little sprinkles of shit like that'll be kind of cool you know because people will relate and like oh you know that links it all together and whatnot so yeah, I mean, I'd like to see a little, like I said, little sprinkles of that kind of shit, man. You know, um, does it have to be? No, I think it'll be its own thing. It's just in that world, you know, and that's no. All you you have to see it. You have to see the Starks. You have to see the Greyjoys. Like you have to see all this because they actually do have big roles in this story. Like despite like the Targaryens being the big part of the story, like the king, like there is a a, a northern fucking like kingdom sure and there's the dorn and like the dorn is the one like the dorn's the only kingdom from what i understand the dorn is the kingdom that's like separate from the rest like this is Aegon has already come he's conquered everything he's conquered the north 
He's made the he's made the king bow, and Dorne is like its own separate kingdom. And it has been like even in Game of Thrones, it was kind of its own. It was part of the fucking Seven Kingdoms, but it was still like separate. And that's because of the shit that happens in this story. So like, there's a lot of like we're gonna see some shit. There should be some I good. I kind of hope there is some. At least see a Stark. Yeah, and I think that that guy, the serpent, I think the the African American is from Dorne. So that's that's something that uh, Jamie G was talking about. I think that that uh, the African American guy, I think he's from Dorne. Yeah, my guess is the first season we get kind of more mentions and like a couple of brief scenes where people show up to King's Landing or something like that. With the idea being, if the show does well, and then in the second season, you'll probably see the cast expand or whatever. Do we think there's many seasons of this? Like, how many seasons do we have? From what I understand is if they want to do the full Dance of the Dragons, it's probably three seasons, maybe four, and then they would go to an anthology structure where you could show other parts of the Targaryen history, be it in the past or the future. That's the way I understand it is it's like a three to four year idea with an anthology. Like you keep it going under the House of the Dragon name, but it would be more of a, like I said, a Fargo type. They're going to do Duncan and Egg. Duncan well, they're already going to do Duncan and Egg are great. And yeah. they could, in theory, fit into a future timeline of this show. Uh, yeah. I think that's really great, but you got to nail that. I think there's only four of those stories right now. And yes. you'd have to get a real good writer's room with at least. Like George R. Ryan said he was going to write 20 or something, so he's got to at least have some ideas. So I would like them to at least have a little bit of a blueprint to work off there. In uh, Along that vein of things, how about everybody gives me like one thing from the original Game of Thrones you'd like to see brought over here in one thing that you want to see left behind. For me, it's I want to bring back the palace intrigue and make it more about kind of the scheming in the, the the kind of the you see the whole heist right i don't want to focus on the end of the heist i want to see all the little moves that go to the heist and i don't want to see them breaking the own rules of the show i want him to just you know sometimes you gotta know what the rules are and you gotta stick to the rules or else he doesn't give you the leap and you're fucked or whatever or however quantum leap worked uh anybody else one thing you want to see carried over from thrones one thing you think they could you know get rid of yeah, I want to add, like you said, to the politics, like the inner workings. I want to add the length of, like, this is a real world. This is the logistics of it. Like, this is fucking wagons and horse and carriage. Like, this takes forever to get places outside of the dragon. So I want to see a realistic world where this shit exists and how hard it is to do these things. Uh, because that was, like, a lot of the intrigue to me was, like, even cooking meals like that shit takes time and effort and like i not necessarily that i want to see somebody cook a meal but like the monotony of it was like something that added to the character of the show i'm right there with you jay i want to be fully immersed in this world i want to feel like i'm there i want to know every intimate detail of what life was like and what is going on and i want to see uh, you know, see kind of how things work in this world and, and the history of it all. And I like understanding, you know, both geographically, but also like, like as, as folklore would have it or, or the gods or whatever it is, like, I want to fully know this world. So I'm really hoping for that. I thought at times Game of Thrones did an outstanding job with that. I'm also just, just got to throw it in there. I'm hoping for as awesome of an intro as game of thrones had the intro song for game of thrones was absolutely epic one of the best ever in my opinion uh hoping for another great one here with 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 house of the dragon 
Uh, I definitely agree with you on that, man. I uh, I was going to say I was hoping for another good map opening, you know, where it's like, you know, hopefully something along those lines, because I like seeing that, man. It puts you right into that world. It's like, all right, now you're watching, you know, Game of Thrones, and now it's House of Dragon or whatever, but it puts you into their universe right away just by showing you that, you know. So I, I agree there 100%. I hope it's like that. Um, I hope that uh, going into this one, what I would like to see continue is the uh, suspense, man. Everything's super suspenseful and the whole like, you know, shock value of things like killing off the main character like two, three episodes in to the fucking series, you know, or whatever it is like super, super crazy shit like that is one thing that kind of kept Game of Thrones like having that shock value. You know, they weren't afraid to kill off main characters. They weren't afraid to like do really outside the box kind of shit when it comes to shows like this, you know, so uh I'd like to see that continue, and uh, the only thing I don't want to see is the is the the way they fucking rushed it and slacked a little bit on the last season. You know, I mean, I don't think that I think they're going to come through with this show, and I think they're going to come through hard, man. At least for this first season, it's going to be probably probably top notch, man. You have to feel like this is their their shot, right? Like they've been yeah. working on this. If they can't land this one, especially after they they scrap the. Uh... I think it was Moonblood, the pilot with Naomi Watts about the long night. That was the one set a thousand years ago, and they spent like thirty million apparently on that. So, yeah, they're already kind of balls deep into this, and they want this to be a universe. Like they want to make a franchise out of this. If this fails, the Game of Thrones intellectual property is in some trouble. So, I think it makes sense to say here, look, man, this is peak TV, right? We've got the movies coming back. There's a lot of options out there, so. Like, are you really, like, how hype are you for this? I have to say, personally, I'm more hyped than I thought I was going to be. I thought I was going to be more kind of like, eh, this is fine. But I think a lot of the kind of the, you know, the franchises have kind of been running for a long time. I- I'm hoping that maybe Game of Thrones time off, like, allows it to refresh itself and come back in. And people are be like, oh, yeah, cool, Game of Thrones. You know, I haven't seen it in a while. And, you know, you kind of in your head just forget you know maybe if you didn't have the greatest feelings about the final season yeah i mean it was a big deal the game of thrones finale i remember people like people people were like taking off of work and shit to make sure they you're like man really what are you doing? taking a day off it's the game of thrones finale and shit you know i mean it was a phenomenon kind of man so hopefully this i mean obviously it's gonna start out it's gonna be big it's gonna be hot right away where it goes from there hopefully it carries and continues that man to where it's like when this season is done and we're sitting here talking about the finale What's going to happen? I hope we're just as hyped as we were when it was like Game of Thrones finale is happening, you know? So, well, we are doing a show about it. Now, so, yeah. there's definitely a certain level of oh, yeah, there's wide a- excitement. <laughs> it's not like say, we don't give but, a uh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I, have, uh, I have finished my bottle of Akashi. Nice. And, uh, I would like to say it has been a pleasure talking with you gentlemen this evening, but I do have to call it. I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. That's and That's you know what, man? Just like them dragons, man. We all spit hot fire, dude. Tyrion Lannister. There are there are two things. I yeah, I, I just figured out that it's definitely our thing instead of cheers. We all just say Dylon. 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 The hot oh. fire. Real quick, everyone's got named their dragon, dude. Is your dragon's name Dylon? Uh, like fucking Dylon. That's what I'm going with. You said you gave it to me. I stole it from you, dude. Well, I was gonna take it, but you got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll go with I'll I'll go with Magnormous. Like I think that's a good one. I'm I'm gonna go with Elliot, dude. Elliot was probably my second choice, and that's because of Pete's dragon. So 
<laughs> That's where I'm at. My friendly dragon. Jamie G, name your dragon. I was going to go with Dragon, but I'm actually thinking about Esquire Osiris, dude. Oh, that's better than it. I was. I was assuming it was going to be some sort of Buffalo Bills related pun or something. But Josh Allen's best. He, he literally. He literally is. He literally Jay Allen. Jay Allen or something. Jay Allen, dude. Jay Allen. Jay Allen. The Dragons. This is one of those things, man. Like the there were going to be all these spinoffs, and there weren't. And now it's it's here all of a sudden. And like, yeah, dude. Like we're going to be watching this and talking about episodes all the time, right? There is literally a ridiculous amount of coverage out there in the world for A Song of Ice and Fire slash Game of Thrones universe. We know that you have other options, so it means a lot that you've checked out our little show here, Drunk on Dragons. Best name in the business as far as I'm concerned. We'll be here all season to break down each and every episode of House of the Dragon. With drinks, of course. And, well, we gotta have them. Dragons! Find us on your favorite podcast platform, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, all the good ones, at Drunk on Dragons. Same thing on social media, at Drunk on Dragons. And for some reason, if you want to give us feedback, we're drunkondragonspod at gmail.com because somebody actually has drunkondragons at gmail.com, but it's not us. And we're from the Joe Blow Football Show. Find our YouTube channel at joeblowfootballshow.com. You'll find a video version of this show here. Check it out. There's some stuff in the video version you might not catch in the audio. If you could, please like, subscribe, all that other stuff. You can find the Joe Blow Football Show on social media at Joe Blow Show. On behalf of myself, the Soup Deucer, Magnum Mills, and Jay the Money Scratch, thank you again for joining us on this episode of Drunk on Dragons. You don't have to drink per se, but if you're going to, it might as well be on a dragon. We'll see you soon with our coverage of episode one, which will drop on Tuesday, August 22nd. Dude, and I'll tell you one thing, man. You know, I was talking earlier. You ever look at this Wicked Weed Brewing can, man, and sometimes you look at it and you can see dragons on it. But have you ever been drunk? You ever been drunk on dragons? Thanks again for checking us out. Drunk on Dragons is an unofficial show. We are not in any way affiliated with House of the Dragon, Game of Thrones, George R.R. R. Martin, HBO, or Warner Brothers Television. The views expressed here are those of the hosts only and do not reflect the views of any other persons or entities. You can contact us at drunkondragonspod at gmail.com. Please remember to like and subscribe. We'll check you out again next time for more drinking and, of course, more dragons. Oh, that's where that. we're gonna go yeah, dude that's gonna be so great it's uh, going to be some sort of you've been drunk on dragons i love it dude that's that's fantastic <laughs>